Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you how to create your own life story as opposed to letting others create it for you. I'll also be interviewing entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, and author Aaron McCormick, whose path to success and fulfillment defies societal norms and expectations in nearly every way. He reviews his book, Unbounded, The Journey to Your Within, that answers the complex questions you've always had regarding what your purpose is and how to be resolute in finding your way. For more information about Aaron and to purchase his book, please visit AaronMcCormick.com. You may also purchase his book on Amazon or in the previous guest products in the store at JamesMillerLifeology.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Creating your life story. When we were children, if we were encouraged, we often had very big dreams about who we would become and what we would do. Unfortunately, with that, many people can influence us as to what we should do and how we should do it. Regardless if they are well-meaning people or not, we do have many people who do influence us. And when that happens, unfortunately, the dream that was put in our heart all of a sudden becomes stillborn, and we become this person that other people want us to be. When you reflect on your life, where you are today, is it where you wanted to be? Now, of course... There's no judgment at all as far as where we are in our life, but it is important to look at your life to say, the choices I've made have brought me to who I am today. And when you find this perspective, if it seems as if you veered off course, the great thing is, is you can veer back to where you would like to be. Oftentimes, the world has so many ideas of who we should become based off of your age, your religion, your gender, your race, your education will often dictate the role that we're placed in. When we take that time to reflect on who we truly are and who we want to become, none of those things matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your past was like. It doesn't matter how much money your parents made, how much education you have. When you are resolute in creating your own narrative in your own future, none of those things matter. When you surround yourself with individuals who want to support you, who are on your side, and who will do anything they can to help you fulfill that dream, you'll find that those limiting factors don't affect you. Yes, it may be difficult at times, and you have to find tenacity and perseverance to break through some of those glass ceilings, but when you truly want to become who you were made to be, the more motivation you have, it starts to become easier and easier. So once again, when you look at your life, if it's not where you wanted it to be, that's okay. Because remember, change is simply a thought away. When you start to have these new intrinsic thoughts, it starts to create change for how to get back on track from where you would like to be. Regardless of what people say and what their expectations are of you, 
At the end of the day, none of that matters because your happiness, your sense of fulfillment, your sense of purpose is what drives you. Today's lesson is very simple. When you reflect in your life, if you find that you're on track, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. But if you find that you're off track and who you wanted to become seems like it's a distant thought, it's simply a thought away. Your change can start today. Redirect your thoughts, redirect your actions, redirect your motivation to help you find your way back to the person you would like to become. Your purpose is specifically designed for you and for no one else. I have a fantastic guest today, Aaron McCormick. He has a wonderful tale of how he himself had all these expectations that were put on him as a child and how he found his way and created the destiny and the purpose that he knew was specific for him. So stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you'll love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. My guest today is Aaron McCormick, who is an author, artist, entrepreneur, and inspirational speaker whose path to success and fulfillment defies societal norms and expectations in nearly every way. He has founded several companies and earned an MBA from a top business school with the rare precedent of having no prior undergraduate college degree. In this episode, Aaron reviews his amazing book, Unbounded, Journey to Your Within, that will help you discover how to maximize your purpose. Welcome to my show, Aaron. Thank you, James. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate it. I am as well. I was reading your backstory. I was like, oh my gosh, I love these types of stories to go from uh, so many struggles in the, at the beginning of your life. And then all of a sudden you turned it around. It's, it's really like a movie. So it's going to be a fantastic time to hear your story. <laughs> Looking forward to it. So you were born in, um, you were raised rather by, uh, an ama- sounds like an amazing single, single parent, a woman who raised you in the South side of Chicago. That's right. Yeah. I was born in the South side of Chicago. In my early, early years, maybe three or four, my parents divorced, and we moved to Houston. So Houston for about two years, I think it was. And then from Houston to the other extreme, the dry extreme of Phoenix, Arizona, for a couple of years. And then back to Houston for two years. So who knows what was going on (laughs) in the adult life of my mother. But this is a three-year-old, right? So from three until about 10 so for six or seven years, it was Houston and Phoenix. We landed back in Chicago around 10. And so the rest of my developmental life from 10 until 20, beginnings of my career was Chicago, bought my first house there. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually branched out and moved to Dallas. And, and off I went to a bunch of other things after that. Oh, that's awesome. Now, when I was reading about you as well, you were also raised in a very extreme, fundamentally religious household. Can you tell me about that? I was. And this is actually a story that We've probably all heard a lot of times, um, whether it's Selena, the singer, uh-huh. the Jacksons, the Wayans brothers, the Williams sisters, the tennis players. There's a lot of people that uh, were born in a fundamentalist Christian religion, um, some consider it a cult. And, you know, but that's all you know, if you think about what you know, the control factors are and what cult actually defines. I even refer to it sometimes as a cult and I'm not trying to be derogatory mm-hmm. or disparaging. 
is just the basic fundamental uh, concept of a cult is it's a fund it's a um, totalitarian sort of religious uh, governance where if you disagree with anything for that matter you are totally extracted mm -hmm. you lose ostracized, yeah. everything ostracized you're dead to them etc yes, exactly. all that stuff so yeah i was and even in that they talked about you couldn't have any college education or even play sports yeah so my mom was um very casual in some ways so she wasn't as rigid as others so i played little league baseball some kids couldn't even do that like they take it to oh, the wow. extreme there are parts in the Bible that talks about not stirring each other up in competition, you know, in quotes, if oh, you will. Wow, that's really so everything that we did or didn't do was actually somehow interpreted directly from the Bible. So I did play Little League and I was a force there. I mean, I, I think I could have <laughs> stayed with it and played high school and wow. then gotten scholarships. And, but in high school, though, there was no baseball, no basketball. And I was a very athletic kid. I'm ambidextrous and everything. But yeah, there was no sports, uh, at least a, of an organized sort. And that's kind of has to do with both the competition aspect as well as the proverbial bad association. I would be hanging with kids that are not of the religion. And mm. these sorts of religions are very uh, separatist. Sure. Where your, your main circle has to be in the same religion. Well, how, how does that make sense when you're actually in school up until you graduated high school, but, then, but you can't go to college education or can't get a college education? How does that make sense? Yeah, well, the, the college aspect... I'm just curious. I, yeah, no judgment at all. No, this is great. I mean, this is a reality of life. We live around people that are great people. They mean no harm. Like, I love everyone that's still in the religion that has nothing to do with me. I still care about them deeply. They don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I respect their belief system. Everyone has to live their specific mm -hmm. truth. So I'll get back to that in terms of how I view my family later as well. I mean, it was like, you go to school... I'm fifth, sixth grade or whatever. You go to school with them, but they're not going to spend the night as regular friends. You're not going to at least get authorized to go out to their house to go play. You might do it around neighborhood without mom knowing. Maybe she thinks that you're just playing outside. <laughs> Seriously, but there's no going to the movies. I went to zero mm. dances. I didn't go to proms or turnabout, none of those things. And it's funny, at my 20th high school reunion, a lot of my classmates remember things that I even forgot, but one thing they all know is that while they may have had camaraderie with me in the halls and class and all that, I was really not at any of the games socializing. We didn't, you know, when I'm 16, 17, driving a car, there was no me out hanging with them and just, just being a part of the crew. I was just a hallway kid, sort of, mm. so sort of, to speak. How did that impact? I, I don't know if you have kids now, but if you do have kids, how would that impact your growing up with theirs? Well, first of all, I'm completely awakened in the sense that <laughs> yeah. I, I respect deeply everybody's personal sure. journey mm -hmm. to be exactly as they want to be and as they choose for their human experience to be. Uh, but I also, ex you know, um, I hold no judgment for it. And so in my space, in the energy that I reside in today, how I am animated, there is none of those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like I view my children as having selected me to be a key player role player in their human journey experience but i'm not the controller i'm not the one that's going to guide them into a certain way of life set of decisions or careers that will tick boxes for me or mm. make me feel validation yeah. or uh, address some of my belief systems i'm here to really observe the essence and the soul that make up that child and hopefully put them in surroundings that will help them flourish 
as to whatever they are personally here for. But I'm not here to control that aspect. So my like kids that. will have an extremely different experience. No, I can't wait to check in with you years later to hear how they've, how they've turned out. That's awesome. What happened for you that you had a, like you said, this awakening, what was a specific time or event or something that something happened where all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, something needs to change or something is changing? That's an interesting question because I think that all of us are having the prod our entire life. Mm -hmm. There, there wasn't a specific thing, an event, other than the action I took where I actually decided I can't be associated with this religion anymore. As much as I love everyone and I mean no harm to anybody else, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. um, that was a decision, a conscientious external decision, but the feeling inside of me has been there since I was, you know, 10, 12, ever since I could reason. Mm -hmm. And I would try to connect A with B or try to add these things up and didn't make, didn't make sense to my very empathic side because I'm I've always been an empath. I didn't know that term sure. didn't equate to what it would mean. But throughout my life, in fact, I've had family members often say they, they used to tease me when I was even a teenager. All throughout my life, they, I'd never hear the end of these stories of when I was a toddler and how I would stare at people's mouths with this serious squint and I would be <laughs> dying to speak and then I would say things and I just I was not the typical baby. I was trying to be in the mix to understand and to be understood. Mm -hmm. And so there's that aspect. And there's a bunch of other things along the way. I won't go into everything, but this has always been me. And I think all of us have always been what we are. The issue is that we all also have, we come into a world that's extremely dense. And I don't just mean physical. Sure. I don't just mean this notion that if we are all spirits and who knows if that's true until we all die. But I don't just mean that we're physically dense. I mean, the belief systems, mm -hmm. the expectations, the energy that our family has, that the males have, the females have, the, the educated, supposedly educated have, or our race has, our nationality, expectations, pop culture, music, movies, all the above. And all these things are conspiring to, to be absorbed by you and kind of change you in gradual and significant ways. And I think this whole journey is about all of us getting back to that original essence, spirit, personality, whatever you want to call it, that mm -hmm. was animating us long before we were taught or learned things or were molded. And so I'm just having the same journey everyone else will eventually have. Maybe you'll fully connect with your original essence when you're 75, 80 or, or, or 60 or 22. Some people figure out who and their purpose and they step outside of you know, this, this pressure to conform. At much younger ages, we're all on the same journey. It's just how does it outwardly get manifest? I really like that because when you think about, like you said, the, the convoluted aspects of our societal norms, societal expectations, familial expectations, all of that is people can have goals for you, but all of a sudden if it's imposed upon you, then you're right. Then you, perhaps you will, not you, but a person will take a journey that is perhaps in the wrong direction. But the beauty of what you said as well is it doesn't matter how, how circular or how um, the direction your life can go can be, it can feel like it's off course, but it's just simply a thought away. You pivot back just with that awakening, that awareness, the, the recognition that something's off. And then as you seek it, you can immediately find it. So that's just such a beautiful thing that change, like I said, doesn't have to be this long, arduous task it can simply be a thought away. And then that creates the foundation for the next thought and the next thought. And pretty soon, just right. like you talk about, you can easily awaken yourself and to find your purpose and, and to really maximize that. 
Is that how your book Unbounded, The Journey, Journey to Your Within, is that how that was written? Sort of, yes. It, it was written, it came about from just all my experiences of my own following my own inner truth, if you will, mm-hmm. following joy and not following or not succumbing to things that bring internal conflict, which I think is the biggest thing that all of us are struggling with. Whether we realize it or not, we have huge amounts of conflict from tiny things to much bigger things. And the conflict simply means, if you think about our purpose, James, like from get-go, we're born, we're Mm -hmm. a toddler, we're seeking joy from the very beginning. It's natural. We cry over something that makes us uncomfortable. We immediately are chafed by it. We redirect, leave me alone. We grunt all these different things. <laughs> it's like as a baby, we, we want to follow our own path, yet we still want to be noticed. We want to be interacted with, but we don't want to be forced. That's why we pull away from mom. We want our, we want our own expression. That same pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. That same thing happens when we're like, when we're elderly, we are less likely to be living a life according to some external expectation. We become comfortable in our own skin, comfortable in who and what we stand for. We don't get overly riled up at somebody projecting things onto us. We're just, we just kind of get it. So it's like the two bookends of life, we are anchored to our true self or much more so. It's that middle part, everything in between, where we're thrown all over the place. We're pursuing careers because of some external thing called money. Mm-hmm. We were told that that will make us some money. Sure. We hang out with friends that, you know, cause some friction. We don't, the energy isn't right, but I can't quite separate because that'll hurt their feelings or I'll lose this other friend. There's all these thoughts, thoughtful reasons, these thinking ideas as to why we can't do something that is congruent with what we feel on the inside. And so this whole book is about how do we dissect, look at all the experiences of life, successes, failures, patterns, the things that made us made up what we were beyond something that we were supposed to be or learned to be. And, and we start to piece this mosaic together to where we get out of conflict in all kinds of categories of life, from the view of ourself to our relationships, to our career. Uh, the, and we just live a much more fulfilled life, which eventually brings the external stuff that we all think about as well. Mm-hmm. I really like that. How does your book help people kind of create their own self-introspection? Or understanding of self, rather. Well, it, the importance of finding oneself or believing in what you really are, belief is actually required. So the first thing that it does is it takes you through your own experiences. First of all, all of our experiences. So there are several things that are universal, like I just uh-huh. alluded to the experience of a baby and our independence and all that. So there are several things that are universal, and then you can apply and understand with both logic and heart or spirit, if you will, meaning something is just a truth to you. That's the spirit aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the logical part is it, that just makes sense, that jibes. And then you, I start going into specific things that we may go through that, it, that you would then have to apply your unique experience with it. And the whole point of this is there's enough out there that gives us intellectual stimuli. And, but the problem is we're not motivated really by the mind. If we are overly motivated by the mind, then we're destined to be very much in conflict in the spirit or what's really inside of us, because the thing that was there before we learn stuff is that spirit, that personality, that thing that no one taught you. 
And the example I give with that, James, some people say, well, what do you mean? That's the same thing. How's that just, if we just imagine, not even imagine, if we just recognize the reality of these two scenarios. You have one scenario where someone is born into affluence, lots of love and affection, support, encouragement as well. So the so-called perfect scenario, mom and dad, the whole bit, and that child still can grow up to be a minister to society, a minister to themselves, mm -hmm. depressed, not amount to very much, at least on the exterior. And on the other hand, you can have people that were born into poverty, conflict, alcoholic parents, constantly being berated about their value, not worth anything, and they been, end up becoming business owners, inspirational, nonprofit leaders, whatever. That's the point that additionally illustrates that we are what we actually are. There is stimuli that is exerting tremendous pressure on us, and we, we can, you know, you know, divert. In fact, we all do divert in all sorts of ways, but the essence is what it is. And the closer we connect to it, the, the just the more congruent everything tends to be. So I, I think a really practical way to, for people listening right now to, to really even conceptualize what you're saying or really actualize, in other words, what, you, what you're saying is to simply ask yourself, what am I learning about myself right this second? When we take that time to slow down and kind of think of our thoughts and kind of think of how we're presenting ourselves to the world or even to ourselves in the moment, when we have that time of introspection, we can then say, well, well am I, how do I feel about that? Or, or what, what's happening for me? I know for me, <laughs> I was talking about this the other day. If I'm in the, um, I, I have a lot of things going on. We all do. And, but because of things that are happening in the world right now, things are slowed down a bit. So I'm learning, and I hate this lesson, but I'm continuing to learn it, is I have to work on patience. And so yeah. every time I feel something, I'm like, oh, and I reflect on that. And I'm like, okay, James, let's work on patience. So the point is, is that if, when you have all these constructs and ideas of how we're supposed to be and what the world says or where we want to go, but we don't really have a true understanding, when you slow down and literally check in with yourself right that moment, you'll start to see, well, my experience that I'm having right now does that feel joyful to me? Or does that feel fulfilled for me? Do I feel successful? Whatever label you want to use for that will then give you that internal barometer to make sure you're not so lost in your logic or not so lost in external things. And it helps you recenter to say, this is the person I want to be. And when you find that recenter, then the other aspects in which you're talking about start to become more balanced. That is an awesome point. And, you know, I actually talk about anxiety. You alluded to anxiety by even saying, wait a minute, it's how I'm feeling right now, the space of joy and energy of joy. Like, like what am I? It, 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 all anxiety, if you think about how that tends to work, it is something that's in the future. It's just not in the mm -hmm. now. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to fail this test. My relationship won't make it. I'm going to get fired. I won't make enough money. I won't, whatever it is, or it is the past. Mm -hmm. Why did I do that? What's wrong with me? I'm a bad parent. I'm a bad this, bad that. Both of those are basically fictitional, meaning they do nothing for now. The past is the past. It's not going to improve your situation right now, especially being negative about it. And the future hasn't happened. But by worrying about that thing, you're in the energy of the problem, which makes your current situation kind of sucky. Exactly. And then, and then you manifest <laughs> the bad thing. So yeah. you're absolutely right. It's like, how do I recognize the most important moment is now? And are the things that I'm worrying about really me or are they actually ideals that I'm punishing myself over, but I'm really here to experience joy. So in this moment, what brings me joy? Oh, let me play my favorite song right now. Oh, mm -hmm. let me go run. Exactly. Or let me, there's a lot of things. In fact, most things that bring joy are completely free. 
And then once we get in that energy where the vibe is higher, now you can address whatever thing exactly. that you were worried about, but worry creates fear and fear is crippling. So rather than worry about it, once your energy is in a higher place, as you mentioned, I'm now in a space of joy in this moment. Now the mind can address the issue without the energy or the emotion of fear, which is crippling. And so better things even happen in that context. So it's just a little bit more control or you know, uh, thought of how it is we're directing our energy and letting our, our, our self be triggered. I read a physics um, example one time, and they were talking about how if you take, a, I think it's seven city blocks in a square, and it's filled with dense fog that's 100 feet tall, all of that dense fog, once again, it's, that's 100 feet tall and seven, seven blocks by seven blocks connected. If you can condense all that together, you can condense all that fog into one cup of water. And so it's such a beautiful thing when you really think about that in life, when we allow, we get lost in that fog, like you're talking about that fear, that hypotheticals, all of that. But once you can really find the perspective, it, it, it condenses all of that and then you rise above it or you're, you are empowered to be able to see the direction your life needs to go, to be able to say, now I am the author of my life as opposed to these dire circumstances that will always affect me. Yes. And I love the illustration. I wish I had that in the book, actually, because <laughs> one of the things that help you, you like you asked me earlier, how do you get someone? How does how is a person able to believe and understand how they have the power for everything? How do they really become unbounded? Well, I alluded to it being a belief because beliefs, spirit, meaning your energy, fear, for example, is a spirit. It is an energy, mm -hmm. energy slash spirit synonymous. Um, and it may come from knowledge or things that you were told to fear, but the point is, to the extent that you can control the emotion, you control the outcome. So mm -hmm. rather than just telling somebody a bunch of rah-rah, upbuilding, motivational stuff, this is not a motivational book. You may feel inspired by yourself because the whole point here is you're connecting your dots. So going within means you begin to realize how every single thing in your life has served you. Mm -hmm. And if the, the things that you haven't yet realized do you good, it's just a matter of time until you realize it. If you don't realize it at the moment, it's because you're in the energy of the problem. It's just like every child grows up to realize how great vegetables are for them. But at the time, of course, they're, <laughs> you know, they're terrible. So yes. what I want people to do is go down their own journey. And once it becomes a belief that, oh, crap, I'm being served by this. And, and I thought it was the most horrible thing in the world. Yeah. You'll go through several scenarios where you realize that now there's a belief inside of you. So now when you address something that's current and it's so scary or it was so scary, so ominous, you realize this too, I'm on a bit of a cosmic journey. I'm, I'm in an experience that is beyond what the physical realm around me tells me it is, tells me how horrible it is, because here's something back in the day that I thought was horrible. And I realize how beautifully it has changed or evolved or improved me. So therefore, in this current state, I'm not going to be overly worried about it. So it, again, it creates this unbounded sort of way about you because you really know now. You haven't just been told and trying to convince yourself of certain things you've seen firsthand. So it just it brings you a lot more control. Awesome. I love that. Unfortunately, Aaron McCormick, our time is up. If my listeners want to find out more information about you, to purchase this amazing book, Unbounded Journey to Your Within, where will they find all this information online? You can find it on my website. It's uh, unboundedbook.com, also aaronmccormick.com. My Instagram is the Aaron McCormick, and Facebook is the same, the Aaron McCormick.
Wonderful. Well, my listeners also know that if they're not able to find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at either James Miller at lifeology.com or lifeology.tv. And I will also link you uh, one more time, Unbounded Journey to Your Within to Amazon to be able to purchase this awesome book. Aaron McCormick, thank you so much for your, your insight, your expertise. I really appreciate you being a guest on my show today. Thank you for having me. I really love all the work you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.